Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It just doesn't get old. We are living in America, and we are basking in the glory of the end of the Great American Bash. See what I did there? But we'll get to that momentarily. Greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Pod is War. Pod is War is brought to you by the good folks at Cheshire Radio Network in conjunction with... TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. <laughs> just like i did right there it's called improv i improvised but make sure you guys also go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot pick up an official chair shot t-shirt quite frankly ladies and gentlemen i don't know if you heard this weekend on twitter but uh i am running for president of these here united states and if you wanted you want to contribute to my campaign you do so by going to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot please and thank you thank you and please I am the president for America. I will bridge the gap. I am a partisan politician. I will have Democrats. I will have Republicans. We'll all be talking. I'm here for every American, each and every single American. I promise you a better life. Black folks, white folks, red, yellow, Asian, LGBTQ, doesn't matter who you are. I'm here for you, American. 
America. Except for dwarves. They're on their own. I'm Mr. Velvet Pipes, Christopher Platt, and as always, I'm joined <laughs> by my running mate, Mr. Andrew Belez. That was that was so amazing. That that reminded me of the Austin Powers, I think it was Gold Member whole rant, where he's just like, I hate people who are intolerant of other people's beliefs or whatever it was, and the Dutch. And it's just like it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> Oh, that's that's fantastic. That was good. That was good stuff. So I guess it's uh, time for you to introduce our uh, our special guest moderator too. That that is correct. Thank you, sir. By the way, a vote for Platt is a vote for America. I'm Christopher Platt, and I approve this message. PC Tunney is out on assignment this week, ladies and gentlemen. I think he's experimenting on ways of how to get COVID because this mellow farmer be everywhere. He'd be at the golf course. He'd be on the softball diamond. He's Every and everywhere, he'd be around nasty-ass, disease-riddled babies all day. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> anywho, but we do have an upgrade, if I do say so myself. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for formerly the architect, now literally the scientist, the one, the only, Mr. DPP. It's science. I, you know, I'm already 0 for 1 on the, on the sound bites because I, I was unaware of that one. I It's been so long. Thank you so much for having me back. It's been a long time. I am really enjoying seeing you guys and your new preparations for the show as Andrew goes into some Buddhist Zen state of silence during the opening theme with eyes closed and just getting into that mood. And Christopher Platt has the, I think it's Platticism, is that the religion? Where he's just jiving and dancing and singing to the song and loving it. I mean, opposite end of the spectrum, brothers. To be fair, man, it's James Brown's Living in America. How do you not want to dance when you hear that song, man? It just makes me happy. It just puts a smile on my face. That's true. Also, to be fair, he might have walked into it blindly, but that that's on brand, especially for what we talked about last week when you said Io Shirai versus Sasha was me versus you. So the whole Buddhist, Zen, Asian thing, and you got that Baptist revival dance into the song. <laughs> I like, like I, I think you just reversed back into a wonderful analogy of just the show in general. So it's, it's super on brand. They I like it. This- they don't call them the scientists for nothing, man, because that was that, pure alchemy right there. That wasn't was it? some reverse engineering. We haven't even warmed up yet, so that's cold fusion right there, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I got to bring my A game, you know. This, this is this is my yep, initiation or what? You know, I need to I need to bring my A game and be ready for it anytime. Bro, you're a you're a scientist. Have you ever seen anything other than an A? Does uh, he got a B plus? Does art art class count? Because I'm pretty sure I failed art class. That's left brain shit, man. You don't become a scientist with left brain shit. You're a right right brain kind of guy. That's right. Well, at least you're not the one responsible for like setting up the modules and everything, right? Because then then art might actually matter if you have to put up like you know scale models of whatever the heck you're working on. Oh God, no. No, no, okay, no. good then. Fine, okay. don't worry about it. Fuck. <laughs> you golden pony boy. I just got to make it work, man. That's all I got to do. I'm not putting shit together. <laughs> <laughs> That's that sounds like that that could be the title of my autobiography. I, I'm I'm trying to make it work, man. I'm not putting shit together. <laughs> That's 
pretty much my life right there. You literally, what is the Chris Pat story? That's it right there. You, that could literally go on my tombstone. I, I, I just hope when I'm out of here, I leave y'all with a few memories and y'all can have some laughs and toast it, you know, to, to my memory. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, man, I, let's go ahead and get on the good foot, do the bad thing, man. Get us into topic one here, Mr. Scientist. Will do. See what I mean? See what I look at you, man. Are you kidding me? Yeah, Baskin is glory is where it works. How, how, how topical. You don't say. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so first and foremost, obviously the Wednesday Night Wars. Uh, did either of you get to catch either show, or did you pay more attention to one show as opposed to the other? I watched both simultaneously, but I'll, I'll admit I kind of paid more attention to the Cole-Keith Lee match when the main events rolled around. What what about you, Dan? I, I apparently don't have two televisions next to each other like Mr. Blaz over there, so I watched... I watch it nefariously on the interwebs. <gasps> two screens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, that's that's way too much science for me. I watched what? NXT Whoa. this week. What? Okay, wait, I gotta mute my mic and figure this one out. Hold on while I do some math. You, you tell your story. <laughs> by, the by the way... Not only is uh, Dan a scientist, he's also the Fed, so you might want to ixnay on the uh, Afarius vase. I pay for cable. I pay for cable. I ain't paying for a second TV. That's how that works. <laughs> All right, you should, Mike, let the man talk. Go, go, go right ahead, Dan. All right. Well, interesting. Interesting. Just keep that in mind, though. I know, I know some numbers. I know some people. I watched NXT this week. I watched AEW last week, NXT this week. Because I did want to see Adam Cole, Bebe, and Keith Lee in their match, and it was fantastic. I know I, you know, I heard the rumors that it got leaked and everything, but I, I avoided reading any of that stuff because I wanted to watch it clean and, and enjoy the match itself. And I thought it was fantastic. I enjoyed the whole thing. I think you know the the street fight that started off with Candice LeRae winning. Uh, they had a few filler matches, which. I'm not a big fan of when it comes to showing off, like, this is supposed to be a special, and there was a couple matches that they don't announce, or just kind of fillers, which is, I don't know, not my cup of tea when it comes to doing something that's supposed to be a bigger event. And other than that, though, I think that, you know, the bookmark matches, or the bookshelf matches, is that what it is? One side and the other side? Bookends? Bookends, yes, Thank you, Booker T., Oh, yeah, this. I can dig it. Can't you dig it? <laughs> <laughs> How can you dig that sucker? Or awesome matches. The the street fight to start off, and then Keith Lee coming out with both titles at the end there was just an awesome thing. And being able to dedicate it to his, you know, his trainer that just passed away and his grandmother kind of thing that they they talked about was was pretty awesome. So. Hats off to Keith Lee. I think that's awesome. Either one of those two continuing with the title would have been great, but 
I'm looking forward to Adam Cole and Undisputed Era kind of moving on to a new thing and Keith Lee running the show down there because that is unbelievable, and he is fantastic. So overall, I, I paid uh, – I was going kind of back and forth. I liked AEW slightly better this week just because I liked their undercard a little bit more. I don't think either show was, you know, you know, fantastic, the greatest wrestling shows I've ever seen, but – I missed the street fight. I'm going to have to go back and watch that because they had Private Party on on um, TNT. So I wanted to check them out. And it was a, it was a fun match for what it was. I'm kind of scared they're going to get lost in the shuffle there because of all the tag teams they have. And then with the re- revival coming in, I think they got a storyline with uh, going on with um, Jen and Juice guys. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, there was another match I really liked. Oh, the eight way. I thought that was it was cool. They they start they they mixed up they mixed in enough wrestling and indie razzle dazzle that I thought it was entertaining and it worked for me. Just like you guys though, I turned away the last thirty minutes. I was strictly on NXT because throughout the night I found myself flipping back over to NXT to see what they had going on. And like you said, Dan, it was just filler. You know, nothing that they had going on made me moist and. I mean, let's keep it a buck, though, too, man. This was some half-ass shit that they threw together at the last minute to counteract Fighter Fest. So they didn't really have a plan going into this. This wasn't the plan probably not even a month ago. So that's why there's, there was so much filler. But, yeah, that last match was amazing. I love that they gave them a half hour to go out there. I love that there was uh, there was no commercials. They, I mean, they, you know, they didn't break for commercials. There were still commercials. And the right guy won. There were some times where I'm thinking, eh, I don't know. The, the reason I say that is because it's just, I mean, just the size disparity itself. Like, there's no way in hell that he should have been able to hang with Keaton. And I thought Undisputed Era was going to get involved at one point, too. But the right guy won, and frankly... Call this man up. Strap the rocket to his ass. This, this dude is amazing. He did that moonsault. And then when they went, they did the, uh, what was not the Tequila Sunrise, but the Panama Sunset, that's all Keith, because you know Adam Cole's not getting his 330-pound mm-hmm. big ass up and over. This dude basically did a standing backflip at that size. This guy is amazing. Strap the rocket to him. I'm glad they put both titles on him. Uh, they had the nice tease at the end with uh, Killian Cross back there looking and lurking in the weeds, which is probably going to be the guy that takes the title off of him. But, I mean, come on, man. What are they waiting for, really? What are they waiting for? You could main event WrestleMania with him and Brock tomorrow, and nobody would bat an eyelash and everybody would love it. You could main event WrestleMania with him and Braun. You can main event him in WrestleMania with Roman Reigns if he ever comes back. You can main event WrestleMania with him and Drew McIntyre. I mean, the possibilities are endless for this guy. He truly is limitless. Plus, the clock is ticking. He's got to be in his mid to late 30s by this point. So I'm glad they won. I'm glad he won. He's now the two champions. The dough straps, I guess that's the new gimmick in WWE now. Hell, have him take the NXT tag titles too by himself. He could do it. <laughs> Just basking all his glory. Well, hey, that'd be a good way to piss off Walter, and then we'd get Walter versus Keith Lee, which that that would be a nice big boy slugfest. So that'd yes, be fun. I would, I'd pay but to see that. AEW just, I don't, it just pissed me off tonight. Like, I couldn't get behind nearly anything they did for one reason or the other. Like, the private party Omega Page match was all right, but the finish got weird. And then the fact that Omega Page beat private party so succinctly... I didn't like that. Like, I wondered where the hell they're going with this. Like, I thought they'd take the titles off of Page and Omega so they could actually establish the best tag division by actually having tag team wrestlers as the champions. But, you know, what What do I know? Then you, you have... You know the... You know FTR is going to be the ones that takes those belts, though. You know And that. that's still going to take an extra couple steps now because of what happened in that eight-man, which... 
The eight man I liked up to a point, and then after the after the time when the Bucks and FTR were mixing tag members to do finishing moves, when it was like the Meltzer driver with Dax and Matt, and then Nick and Dash or Cash now did the the yes and and good Michael night, and Tito and Express, Jermaine the Good Night yeah, Express Randy, instead of Shatter Machine whatever <laughs> like that that's a finish. That's the, that's the fucking finish. Yeah. Not all the car crash shit that happened after that, and the the step on top of Pentagon to do a a into the everybody fucking pile driver for flipping like Canadian destroyer. Thing. Like it was just spotty bullshit after that, and that lost me. I hated that fucking match. Uh, Jelly Nutella got way too much offense against Lance Archer, and you know what my yeah. biggest problem about all this was? The Sunny Kiss shit sucked. He comes out with Sunny Kiss on his shoulders. Sunny Kiss's shirt ain't ripped. Sunny Kiss ain't playing up like he got his ass kicked. Because as soon as he gets in the ring, Jelly tries to make an a, like an attack. Sunny rolls out. Then Sunny's fine. Then and Sunny's yeah, standing he's up. sitting there cheering the yeah. whole time. I'm like, and then he's bouncing he up and ass. down. Yeah, he's jumping up and down. Pulls off a fucking 450 at some point. Like, what the fuck? Do you people not know how to sell? Like, Jelly is awful. Sonny didn't help anything. That was a fucking mess of a match. I hated everything about that. That might go down as one of the worst matches I've seen all fucking year. Just because it was a fucking travesty. See, I was but... just finishing up work when that match uh, initially started. And then I got a call real quick. So I had to, you know, obviously take, okay. take 10 to the call. And I see Sonny Kiss on um, Lance Archer's back. And then I get off the call five, six minutes later. And he's sitting at the damn ringside doing goddamn yeah. jazzercise. I'm yeah. like, what the hell happened? Did somebody Wait, give him a Red Bull or something? What's, what's up? Yeah, that's what it was. Or or they give him a brisk. Going back to the old 90s, like, claymation cartoons. He's like, oh, that's brisk, baby. And he was just back in the game. It was awesome. But, oh, I will give I will give Cornette's Little Dog Pockets credit, though. Because I was paying more attention to Keith Lee and Adam Cole, because I agree with both of you. That was a fucking great match. Orange Cassidy and Jericho was probably the best match on Fighter Fest. I'm not a fan of Little Dog Pockets, but that that got like 15, 20 minutes because I think it even went into technical overtime for what TNT was going to give them, and it was it was solid. Like I'm not mad at it as I thought I would be. So I think NXT was more consistent because both had filler matches like the Bronson Reed match, and you know you you. The Lance Archer match was filler. Nyla Rose against two literal jobbers who were 0-6 on dark, and they look like complete shit in the ring. Uh, like, at least, at least they weren't black, man. At least they weren't black. You know that you know, AW has the black jobber of the week. You, yeah, they didn't have well, that this I mean, week. Between Great American Bash and Fighter Fest, you guys were like 0 for 3. And if, if you want to count Nyla Rose's win, even though that was a jobber win, I guess that was one before Keith Lee's yeah. match. So you yeah. kind of need Keith Lee to save you guys there. That was going to be a bad <laughs> yeah. day. Because <laughs> I was, I was, I was kind of excited for when I saw Gargano and Swerve, but then I said, what am I excited for? Swerve is clearly going to lose. So I just turned back to AEW. I didn't want to see him get beat. So It was a good match. Though. So, so did the spoiler getting thrown out there by Jericho help or hurt do you think dan i'm not gonna lie man i was dodging spoilers when i saw that there were spoilers up and people were talking about it i was dodging those shits like neo in the matrix man i I did everything i could not to be spoiled because i really wanted to see this match and i probably wouldn't have watched if i would have read that keith lee lost so yeah i i can answer that 
did, did you see any of the spoilers, Andrew? I saw the picture that was in question from the one Indus Sure tag guy. I don't know which one it was because I barely remember their tag name. But uh, I think what they need to do is they need to kind of have rules like NFL does where, you know, no phones in the locker room, no phones at taping. How fucking hard is it for you to just keep your phone in the locker room or keep your phone with an agent or something like that and not be a moron? You're supposed to be in the in the crowd acting like a fan. Do your fucking job for two hours, however long taping is. Then you can go fucking tweet and be stupid and play on your phone. Nobody's life is going to fucking explode if you fucking put your phone down for two hours. Bruh, it's wrestling, man. Everybody knows everybody. Plus, everybody's in Florida. They probably hang out on off days and shit like that. I mean, granted... Orlando isn't super close to Jacksonville, but it's like a four-hour drive. It's word not that of, far. They probably word of out. mouth is a lot different than a picture of Keith Lee holding both belts with confetti coming down. Like if you told somebody, if you told the dirt sheet, Keith Lee's going to win. All right, people are going to be like, "Who the fuck is that guy? Who cares?" Maybe they're just making shit up. But when you got visual evidence that some idiot posts up on his Instagram, that that's poor form. Like you need to fucking police that shit. They just need to do it like they do at the uh, military bases. If they see you taking pictures with your fucking phone, that phone's going to get destroyed, and you are going to be in some big fucking trouble. See, take it from the Fed right there. He fucking knows. I know it. (laughs) I know it. I've seen it. I've been there. I've worked there. (laughs) That's why he still owns a flip phone. It's the size of his pinky like in Zoolander. It's fucking beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I had one. That'd be awesome. I want one of those. <laughs> you can make one of those. Come on. <laughs> yeah, touche. He's probably working on one of those like, during quarantine. <laughs> do that. Do a uh, chair shot exclusive tiny Zoolander pinky phone. That would be fantastic. It's just like instead of like the bat phone, it's just a chair shot phone, and we just all pick up our pinkies. They're like, hello. Yes. We are the really, really ridiculously good looking website. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> Overall, it's hard for me at least three times that size. (laughs) What is this? For ants? I can't believe you. (sighs) On on that note, shout out to Keith Lee. You are limitless. (laughs) I'll go back and watch uh, Pockets and and Jericho and see if it was as good as advertised by Belaz. And it's hard for me to rate the night because it ended on such a high. But um, I actually think that last week might... No, last week was shitty. This week was better than last week. But it was, it's not by a wide margin, though. I'll say that. Yeah, I, I think NXT still won both weeks. But we're also going to be... It's, it's, we're going to be in for something interesting. Because if NXT ends up winning the ratings again this week, anybody that says Orange Cassidy equals ratings, they're going to have to eat their words. Because when Orange Cassidy's been pushed to the forefront, that's when NXT's been winning. So... What's yeah. that say? That's tough. That they, <laughs> they lost their, their title match main event, too. So, that, I mean, that really hurt them, uh, you know, for sure. And then having to It put... was cool to see Taz pull out the FTW title again, which, funnily enough, no, but I'm just saying funnily enough because Steve Cook for the chairshot.com decided to do a top five not often recognized titles or something like that, or th- things that people might have forgotten about over the years. And that was his number one. So. I just find it amusing that it all kind of played out nicely for his his article that came out a day or two ago. 
Fair enough. Shout out to Cook. But I thought the reveal was underwhelming because he, he did a great job of hyping it up. And Taz has been money on the mic. He's perfect with, with Cage. But when he pulled it out, yeah, I was like, okay. It, just like wrestling, you get excited about something, then it disappoints you. Is that the... Wait, wait, wait. What's the title of your autobiography again? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I hope that's not it, man. <laughs> I had to have satisfied somebody throughout the years. <laughs> I'd like to think. <laughs> Do you need to call Amber in for a consultant right now? <laughs> Oh no, that could go either way. <laughs> <laughs> anywho, anywho, on the on the topic too. Shout out to Keith Lee. Y'all have to forgive me. This is so unprofessional, but I guess y'all know what this is. I'm trying to, as we speak, pull up these stipulations for the eye for an eye match because I want to read them to everybody just so people know how ridiculous this is because it is ridiculous. So this is according to WWE.com. So I'm getting this straight from the horse's mouth, right? And they did not give these stipulations. Okay. Anywho. The name of the match is an eye for an eye, and you win the Melon Farmer by allegedly gouging your opponent's eyes out. Fellas, I absolutely hate this whole storyline. I know the match is going to be good, or at least I thought the match was going to be good before I, before I found out these Melon Farmers were going to be trying to poke each other's eyes out on a Christmas story side of a game. I hate anything with eyes. I, I get really tense and, and nervous and scary when it has to do with anything with eyes. Like, I turn away when they show the replay over and over and over again of Seth Rollins, you know, allegedly putting Ray's eye out, even though I know that they staged it. He didn't obviously put his eye out. And I'm a little squeamish, too, so I don't like to see all that blood in my old age either. So I, I hate this stipulation. I thought it would be a great match because Ray is a goat and Seth's damn good in the ring as well. What the fuck, y'all? That, that, I mean, what else can I say? What the fuck? What? The yeah, fuck? basically. What? It's... The fuck? It's just stupid. Like, here we go. Hold, hold on, Andrew. I apologize, man. I found it right here, okay? The horror show at Extreme Rules, which that's dumb as fuck, too, added a new level of terror as Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins will meet in an eye for an eye match. Mysterio teamed with Kevin Owens to defeat Rollins and Murphy for the right to choose the gory stipulation where a winner can only be determined. By extracting the opponent's eye. Really? Are they talking <laughs> about the eyes in their names? Like, okay, Seth Rollins is just going to be Seth Rolls or some <laughs> Rollins. <laughs> and you wonder why I watch Japanese wrestling. Oh, yeah, they just break each other's necks. They don't gouge their eyes out. Okay, yeah. 
at least it's more realistic than you would gouge an eye out. Come on. Like, even the dumb shit that New oh. Japan has done in the last few years, like trying to fight somebody because he stole an invisible guitar, which that did happen. But that's not the point. Like, at least we're not going to have to suspend our belief to watch somebody pull somebody's eye out. Like, we went from simulated combat to choreographed dance fighting, essentially, to now special effects laden Kill Bill-esque bullshit? Is that, that where we're at now? Well, and next month it's going to be the eye socket on a pole match where you're just going <laughs> to oh. see the eye dangling down. That's oh, how you get it geez. back. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Well, no, 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 they have to hold that for god. Halloween Havoc. This yeah. is perfect. And then yeah. instead of bobbing for apples, it's bobbing for eyeballs, eyeballs. but you have to find yours or you lose the match. Ooh. It's How tough. do you pitch that to Ray? Okay, Oscar, so you're going to be blind until October, but don't worry, we're going to keep paying you. <laughs> Speaking the of which, same way they have half blind, you just make the two mask eyeballs dark. <laughs> oh no, he's blind! <laughs> he's like Daredevil, he's fighting by smell and sound, he's amazing! Can you imagine Ray comes out, he pops up, he's falling into his pyro, he's banging into walls, booyaka, 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 <laughs> <laughs> and, and you got baby Walter, I mean Dominic, just kind of picking him up. Me like, no, Dad, the ring's over here. I don't want you fighting anymore, Dad, but I need to pay your mother's child support. You're only a child. He's like, I'm 26, Dad. <laughs> I'm twice your size. You don't need to do this anymore. <laughs> said, I'm 26, and you're married to Mom. Really? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I guess I, I got mean, a gush too. <laughs> I, I, yeah, like like you said, Andrew. I guess they're gonna do some sort of a computer simulate, a simulated eye pulling or gouging or whatever. But I know you guys have heard that Rey Mysterio allegedly his contract ran out with the WWE, so they're working on some per diem or day by day or by a per appearance type of deal. So maybe they just say to hell with it, man. They poke both his eyes out, and he just goes on wow. the AEW. I hope he win. I hope he wins the match because the medical bills are going to be out of control if he loses. Oh. Oh. But it's all cheaper down in Mexico, so it works out. He's just like That's you know, true. you can get your kidneys taken out for cheap. You can get eyeballs replaced. It's good. Don't worry about it. He knows the guy. I can get you an eyeball by three o'clock. Well, well, a he lives in San Diego. B how's he supposed to cross the border when he can't see the fucking border? It's San Diego. Haven't you been to Southern California? You can just cross over. You don't even need a passport for that. And he's got Baby Walter. Baby Walter will be like Baby Driver. That's what it is. WWE will do the sequel to that movie, but it's going to be Baby Walter driving his blind father. So it's a combination of Baby Baby Driver and driving Miss Daisy. But it's driving Rey Mysterio. King Mysterio. The king of Don't give me any ideas. (laughs) Hey, it could work. You've seen the Big Show show. That that that'll be the next match that they have for the cinematic universe. It'll be a uh, uh, Fast and Furious car chase match where the winner I love, has I love to. How you said the cinematic the universe, like they're gonna actually try to tie these things together, the like WCU, a big event. Wrestling cinematic universe. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it is. It's bad enough. It's is, bad what, enough. They're working towards uh, Jake the Snake versus. Uh, was it Rick Martel too here? The blindfold match. Yeah. That's hilarious. Dude, uh, they're gonna have a thing of all the Marines. So that'd be what, like uh, Cena, uh, Cena. What is it, Axel? Miz. <laughs> and, uh, 
Miz, yeah. Was was there another one or no? Was it. it just X? I think the okay, Miz did good. twelve after those two guys. The Mrs. actually haven't been terrible because I've only seen five and six, but like they're actually tolerable movies. Mo- Moxley did one. I oh. think it was was it four? It was, it was either three or four. And then Randy did one. Well, Randy did a twelve rounds, I think. Okay. Yeah. I thought he did a Marine too, but maybe not. But yeah, well, I know. Uh, wanted, I, I know Moxley because he was a discharged Marine IRL, so I don't think he wants to retread that at all. <laughs> But I know Mox did one because they show they show it on stars every now and again. Shit. Okay, that might have been three then. Alright, so there we go. So now it's gotta be an AEW crossover. It's gonna be like Marvel and DC. This is gonna be WWE, CW, AEW, whatever, CU. And it's gonna be great. They're not gonna call him the Marine, they'll call him like the SEAL or the Patriot or some goofy shit like that. <laughs> or no, they'll just make him a joke and make him in the Air Force. That's how that one's gonna go. <laughs> Cause nobody likes those. Nobody respects the Air Force if you're in a different, you know, branch of the military. Oh, see, see, I thought it was Ray. the Navy nobody What seal was that, Chris? SEAL Team Ray. Sorry. I thought it was the Navy that nobody liked. No, you good. Yeah. Air Force. No, cause Go. Uh, yeah, Air Force is the is the joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At least they fly planes, man. In the Navy, you got to stay on a submarine with a bunch of dudes for nine months at a but time. See, the beauty of the Navy is there's the there's there's the gay jokes, yeah, because we've all we've all heard the village people songs. But the Marines all came from the Navy, so the Navy sees them as little retarded brothers, essentially. And the Air Force is just the one everybody picks on because they don't actually fight; they just fly their planes and go pew pew pew. So. <laughs> It, I mean, that's the breakdown. We didn't need. I mean, we didn't need the village people, man, to paint a picture here. You're literally out in the middle of nowhere on a submarine for nine months at a time with a bunch of dudes. You Not know. that there's anything wrong with that, yeah. but you know, let's. But you are floating no, around. Let's, let's, let's just floating around, around an underground penis. Yeah, I mean, let's you know, let's let's be adults about this here, man. We know what goes and on on those corridors. And you you go around in an underground pe- underwater, yeah, penis. underwater penis. So it's just it's just it's fantastic. <laughs> Even the women too, man. I had a, a friend of mine. Uh, well, she was more of a, a colleague or associate than a friend, but she's a she's a lesbian, and she was in the navy for a little bit. She said the yeah, exact same thing. Like, she said, "Get an associate and not a friend." Oh no 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 no! Just because it was a, like a it was a coworker thing. So when I left that job, validate the whole thing, and then you just went through your the litany. Weird. How how who are we offending today? Where are we going? Apparently, with well, I mean. <laughs> We started off with dwarves. I'm I'm pretty sure uh, the LGBTQ ain't too happy with us right about now. Probably not. The what Air Force mad at us, but <laughs> who cares? It's the Air Force. Air Force <laughs> man. I'm pretty sure Cyclops got to be a little hot if they listen to this show. <laughs> didn't even make it out of the third movie. We're fine there. He's a bitch. <laughs> the Mexican brothers might be a little pissed at you for your bullshit ass accent. Like we we're running up quite the tab here, man. Especially for trying to run for president. Well, <laughs> just throwing it out there, and we're also trying to just this is a, a greatest hits of our our debauchery and our ridiculousness because we haven't had the scientist on in a while. So so he he's got to get the the full color palette, the full litany of the pot is war kind of kind of vernacular. How do you feel, Mister Scientist? So you're just trying to bring everything to light of why I t- always decline trying to come on the show? <laughs> there we have it. We actually have the honesty right there. <laughs> it's just like, I've heard your guys' bullshit. Nah, I'll pass. I don't need any more. 
All right, so real real quick before we move on, and Dan, we'll start with you, man. On a scale of one to what the fuck, how excited are you about this eye-gouging match? I am in the what in all of the fucks. <laughs> what in the cinnamon toast fuck is this? That's about where I, I'm I at. Think, I think that's going to be unanimous. Andrew? Yeah, cinnamon toast fuck. But I have, I have Japanese wrestling to fall back on, so I'm fine. That might be the title. I mean, obviously, you probably can't put the F word in the title. Just put, like, some, you know, how they blink it out, like the F and then the asterisks or whatever, and then the CK. Cinnamon toast, fuck. I do like that. That is, that is pretty good. Yeah. All right, man, we're done with this, man. I'm not. I'm going to keep an eye on this situation, though, and I'm going I'm to do a little more poking around on the Internet and see what I can unearth and, well... <laughs> you gotta do some eye poking around the internet. <laughs> I'm glad you took that. That that's a slightly higher road than we could have taken with the context and the topics we've had throughout this whole thing. So, yeah, let let's stop poking and let's just get to the next next topic or pay pay, pay somebody. Like I don't know, give me an ad, something. <laughs> pay somebody. That's probably a good idea. We should probably pay somebody. I bet you know, it's probably a good idea. <laughs> India. Echo, Lima, Delta, Shield. Hey folks, listen up, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Pins, stickers, illustrations. Angrylemonade.net. This is my yard now. Why should you visit thechairshot.com? Thechairshot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis. With attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Everybody's got a price. Everybody's gonna pay. Cause the million dollar man <laughs> I technically I will be Virgil in this situation, but <laughs> anywho, I'm not going to shut up, Andrew. So <laughs> I didn't say it. I just found it amusing. <laughs> I, I know you did. Yeah, that wasn't like a laughing with me. That was one of them uh, uh, a laughs that made Dave Chappelle drive to Africa. That's what that, that's what them laughs. <laughs> If if you get that joke, yeah, that's funny to you. If you know what I'm talking about, that's hilarious. All right, so I, I think this news broke maybe the, the day after we recorded. It might even broke that same night when we were done recording. But Evolve is no more. I know they went bankrupt, and last week it was announced that the WWE actually bought Evolve. I'm thinking it's just for the tape library. I don't know if they're going to try to run shows. I mean, I guess, hell, nobody's running shows about this point in time. But 
Dan, another one bites the dust, man. I mean, Jakara first, now Evolve, obviously for two totally different reasons. And, you know, Andrew's been on these airways with me, and I've talked about it since the beginning of the pandemic and the quarantine. I don't know how many of these smaller, mid-level to lower-level promotions are going to even make this out or make it out of this. And I wanted to go, go to you, Dan, first, because I know Bruce City Wrestling just had their return show. What was it, about two or three weeks ago? Yeah, yep. Yeah. So, yeah. Not, that, yeah, that's the question. I mean, how many of these smaller promotions are going to be able to hang on and they had until a, we get back to some semblance of normal? Yeah, that's that's the big problem. I mean, some of these, these little ones like that, you know, those, like you said, kind of the mid-level ones are the ones that I guess I'm the most worried about. These these smaller local ones, I think, might have a bit of a chance because, you know, they're, they're smaller crowds and there's they kind of, I know around here, you know, a lot of the talent are going to all the different shows and can, you know, be part of all the different events. So I think, like, in general, I think they have a chance at making it. These are the ones I fear of is, like, the Evolves and almost even, like, I'm getting nervous for Ring of Honor, who isn't running any shows either. And, you know, I know they're, you know, a little bit bigger of a promotion, but they're not big enough that they can't stop running shows for that long and you know hope to make it it, it sucks these are this was a booming time for wrestling which was awesome and being able to see all these other companies coming up and AEW starting and you know you had to evolve and all these other ones you know we have a lot of local ones around here too and and with this happening you know every all the summer events getting canceled you know we had summer fest go away you know, that officially got canceled. It got pushed back to September. Now it's officially gone and Star State Fair is gone. And I know those are like, especially for Bruce City Wrestling, two of their biggest events that they that they have for the year. And all those summer festivals at, you know, the churches and, and different places like that are all canceled. And that's that's big money that gets taken out of a lot of these guys' hands. And it's just unfortunate because there's nowhere for anybody to go. Uh, you know, if these go away, you know, all these guys that we know for sure around here that we hang out with when we go to events and we talk to like Max Holiday, you know, you, you, you start to struggle to find places to go. And that sucks. That really sucks for those guys because they are very talented and it's it's disappointing that places like this have to get shut down. So you brought up Ring of Honor and Andrew, I, I kind of feel bad for of, you know, like an Evolve and even a Ring of Honor because I feel as if NXT completely stole their lane. They do that same indie work rate style of wrestling, but they have higher production values. The funny thing is, at least in my head, with the two examples we're using at the moment, they're also kind of widely regarded as the WWE farm companies because a lot of the Evolve talent I mean, WWE worked Evolve shows into the network for the last year or so when you saw Drew Gulak go back and I think Shane Strickland and a few others. And we know Jake Atlas came over from there and uh, who Austin Theory, I think, was also a big Evolve guy. So it's it's not surprising because it feels like they were playing towards WWE kind of in that similar vein that ECW did in the the later 90s where you kind of knew Heyman was always in McMahon's pocket so you just were waiting for the chips to fall kind of thing but 
Yeah, the the mid level ones are scary. I mean, ROH still has Sinclair behind them, and if Sinclair wants to put the money in there, they can. They've they've got as much money, if not more so, than the McMahon's and Anthem that owns Impact. But you've got smaller ones like Defy or like, okay. Yeah, CZW doesn't have a lot of good faith at the moment. There's a lot of bullshit there, but that's still more of a mid-level. I guess GCW is kind of a mid-level that you don't know what might happen with that one. And like IWA Mid-South. We we could see some of these start to close up or get bought out. And I don't know if it's necessarily a bad thing. Because using ROH as an example and using like Impact as another example of a mid-major, whatever you really want to classify these these companies as, it would give them a thicker roster. It would give them possibly more people to latch on to, possibly more consistency, because a lot of things that hinder ROH and Impact is the revolving door roster that they have. And, I mean, there was a meme almost that came out when uh, Elgin was fired and they, they kind of let people go that Impact and when Tessa got let go, that all the people that held the impact title within the last two years, except for Sammy Callahan, you know, left shortly after and they're in a different company or got fired or are no longer on good terms with the company kind of thing. So it, it might be a boon to kind of have people located in certain spots because it would help those companies, but obviously less companies, less job opportunity. So I don't, I don't know. It, it's, it's messy. It's iffy. And, you know, I could I could take the cornet angle and say this could also just get rid of the people that don't belong in the in the industry anyway. So maybe less spots is not necessarily a bad thing, but I don't know. We're, we're still a little bit far away from coming out of quarantine. So it's and it, it I don't feel good doing the cornet kind of thing of wanting to take food out of someone's mouth or, you know, take a job from them. But it, it could end up OK. That that's all I'm trying to say. We don't we don't know where it's gonna fall yet. Yeah, but Andrew, you you know we've been doing this show for how long now, man? You know how I am. I'm thinking like 86 moves ahead. You know what I mean? That it, it kind of gets me in trouble in my real life because I'm thinking Z, and then it's like okay, but what about A, B, and C? Twenty of those you know moves I mean? are like conspiracy theory too, though, where you're just like, what if aliens come down and a pyramid falls on my house? Then what do I do this way? So <laughs> like now you. See, now you're just being facetious, man. I'm being serious oh. for a second. Oh, yes. okay. <laughs> I'm slightly facetious. I'm sorry. I exaggerated un petit peu. But continue. <laughs> Anywho. No, but it, but like you said, man, you know, taking food off people's tables, man, because that's the thing. Okay, wrestling, it's not as hot as it is, you know, been previously at any other time in its history. But at the same point in time, there were so many promotions and there were so many different places where if you could work decent and you had some hustle in you, you could do this, man, and make a decent living. Now, are you going to be living high off the hog in the seven-figure mansion? Probably not, but you can make a decent living doing this. And a that those places are few and bar- far in between now, and it's not like these guys have like buku money. It's not like the Monopoly man is sitting out here throwing wrestling shows, promoting wrestling shows. Like there's, you know, I like that mania thing, man. The fact that there was no mania. You know how many people whose entire budget and how many promotions their entire budget is predicated on running those three or four mania shows. That's where they make all their money for the year, and that's wiped mm-hmm. out. So a lot of them are going to come back. 
And if then that happens, it does kind of become a domino effect because you've got to have some place for the up and coming wrestlers to kind of cut their teeth and, and train and learn how to do this before they step up to the next level. Be that a ring of honor or an impact or an AEW or even all the way up to the E. But you got to have some sort of you got to pay your dues like you, you, you got to start like wrestling in a barn for $2 and a hot dog in front of half a person. Like, that's how... You, you understand what I'm saying, though? You've got to have some place to cut your teeth, man, in order for you to get to that next level. And if those places don't exist, what happens to the industry? I'm not saying today. I'm talking about, like, 20 years down the line because there were decisions made and mistakes made during the Attitude Era that 20 year, years, years later have had an adverse effect on how wrestling is now. So 20 years from now, the industry could look a lot different even if it's still here, this shit might go the way of the, the roller derby, you know? It's interesting. I don't, uh, you know, I got to feel like at some point, even if what some of these go down, you know, if it's the smaller promotions, that eventually new ones will appear. And somebody's going to start over again. Somebody's going to start new promotions and things like that, but... It's just, it's a rough time because we don't know what's happening. We don't know when things are going to be able to start again. And I just, I don't know the answer. You know, I just, I don't want to see anybody close down. I don't want to see people lose, you know, jobs. And, you know, and this is people's passions. This is what people want to do for a living. And the opportunities, if there's more out there, there's more opportunities for them. And the more that close down, the less opportunities there are for people like this. And, you know, I just don't want to see that happen. True. So it could it could oh, just bad. be a cycle, though. I'm just saying it could just be a cycle because when the Attitude Era was hot, nobody knew there was such a thing as the independent scene. Nobody pushed it. Nobody was like, "Oh yeah, I went to go see so and so at the rec center," unless ECW was at the rec center because they were playing, you know, some of the same places. And then when ECW and WCW kind of started falling to the wayside is when you saw a lot of these companies rise up. You saw ROH kind of pick up from the ashes of ECW, but focused more on wrestling. And then you got a lot of like defies and all that other stuff. So I think even if we get a little bit of a, a truncation at the moment, if if the industry needs it, we'll go back to territory kind of concept because that's what the indies really are. It's like going back to the territory days where you know even though everything's not NWA mid south west you know north east Tennessee fucking Georgia whatever the hell happens to be, it's the same concept where you can find work at different places and different promotions in different states and you just hone your craft that way. So I don't think it'll ever really go away. Unless the industry itself dries up for some reason, which I can't really completely see anytime soon. I kind of was alluding a little bit to that, too, when I was talking about the the folks here in the, in the Midwest that wrestle that we get to see. And they do go from, you know, promotion to promotion around both, you know, Chicago, South Chicago to, you know, northern Wisconsin and, and everywhere in between. And are wrestling for everybody, all these different promotions. You see the same the same folks, and they play different characters sometimes, but it's, you know, they have that opportunity, and most of them stay in this Midwestern area and don't venture out because it's a long drive for, uh, you know, indie promotions, so. True. I hope you guys are right, man, because the way I'm looking at it is in order to have the big leagues, you got to have a pipeline. And what happens when the pipeline dries up? Where do you get your talent from? 
But I hope you guys are right. And you guys are probably right. Maybe I'm being a little too chicken little. But we just don't know how long this thing is going to last. And we know that it's going to take out some businesses. I mean, hell, it already has. Neiman's is up out of here. And, I mean, every other day you read about a, a different corporation or company going bankrupt. So I don't think wrestling is necessarily immune to that. That's all I'm saying. And that's what scares me. Plus, we're in a time where fewer people are watching wrestling in than ever. <laughs> you know what I mean? So... I'm probably tripping a little bit, but I will be interested to see where the industry is going to be in 20 years. And since I have a scientist on the on the line now, as soon as I find that flux capacitor, we getting this shit popping. Do it. You, to end end this a little more positively, though, you you bring up a great point where you're talking about how everything is closing down and less people are watching. When we come out of this. People are going to be hungry for entertainment because they're sick of being inside. They're sick of being told they can't go there, can't watch this, nothing's on TV. So this could actually lead to more prosperous times, maybe an actual boom instead of just the same two million people just going to 75 shows every three months. You know what I mean? Like what we talked about before where it might seem like there's more money, but it's less people. So it, it was odd to classify it as a boom. But we, we might we might get that turnaround. We might get that, that bubble to kind of burst and in the nice way of people just kind of influxing into different entertainment and different ways aside from sports or aside from, you know, cornhole or whatever is on ESPN right now. Oh God, bro. I was watching the tennis channel. I think it was last week and it literally looked like these dudes were playing tennis in somebody's backyard. I mean, it was a very nice backyard, <laughs> very affluent, area clearly because it's tennis but it literally looked like they just had they just set up a court somebody's backyard they just said fuck it get us some cameras and some boom mics and we just gonna play some tennis (laughs) i love it it's old school (laughs) but they have to chase down their own ball too and everything like go in the neighbor's yard and yeah, yeah, the angry old lady out there. Get your ball out of my yard. <laughs> Said the ball boy. The lady just throw the ball back off camera. You just see a ball come flying yeah. in. <laughs> uh, they got to keep scoring their own, and they're forgetting. No, wait, it's your serve. No, it's my my serve. Wait, no, no, it's not thirty. No, it's not thirty. Love, I scored that last point. It's thirty fifteen. <laughs> then the ball Please gets laid all year in the background. It, just tell me that they had someone to judge because could you imagine the arguments about it being out or not? No, this is my house. I know where my court is. That's oh not God. out. That's in. I've hit that spot 7,000 times in my entire life. They they did. They had a dude sitting on a lawn chair in between the net drinking yingling. He kind of was keeping score. I'm exaggerating, but it keep was funny. Score. Why, do I feel like, why do I feel like it was Stanley from The Office with his crossword sitting there? That's great. He's just looking down, what's the score? Uh, 15, love. But I scored like four times. I took points off. Shut I up. Don't care. What the fuck? I don't care. All right. On that note, let's, let's get on so Andrew can have something to talk about. As a matter of fact, you you talk to your heart's content, Andrew. I'm actually going to uh, go pay the water bill, talking about paying some bills. So knock yourself out, sir. Okay.
All right. So unless this is your first time doing wrestling internet stuffs, you should know that theme. And when we talk about Japan, nine times out of ten, we're going to focus on New Japan professional wrestling because it is the most visible promotion, you know, in the East. So um, they currently have the New Japan Cup running. And on the 11th is the finals of the New Japan Cup. And on the 12th is their first big show since quarantine, Dominion, which usually happens in June, but got pushed back because of obvious reasons that we've talked about over the last few weeks. And the Cup has been interesting. The Cup has been a lot of people that you wouldn't normally see in there because they're kind of working with a limited roster because of travel issues and they can't get a lot of their foreigners to come in if they weren't already in Japan prior to lockdown. So there's been some clunkers. It hasn't been the most sterling of Japanese tournaments that people tend to rave and hold in a very high regard. But at least the stories for the last few matches paid off nicely. We had Hiromu Takahashi the current junior champion was making his way through other juniors, even through wonderful gatekeeper Tomohiro Ishii, who most people love and he puts on great matches. Hiromu beat him, met up against Okada, and well, Okada's the wall that most people have to really, really try hard to get over, and Hiromu couldn't quite do it. To Hiromu's credit, he uh, did not tap out. He passed out to the Cobra Clutch, and he countered it a couple of times. He fought tooth and nail and just Okada okada him. So Okada made it to the finals on the one side of the bracket. And Evil lived up to his name. And I mm-hmm. think it's funny seeing that people are saying that Evil is turning heel when I think they forget that LIJ is a heel stable. Or if not heel, tweener because they're anti-authority. I mean... Los Ingobernables de Japón means the ungovernables. So that kind of gives you that whole, you can't tell us what to do, we're going to do our own thing. They're not squeaky clean choir boys. So evil, and you're trying to say he's doing a heel turn, is a little redundant and stupid. But, you know, he's been hitting people in the nuts, using weapons, bumping the ref. He even went after Sonata, his normal tag team partner and other LIJ member, and you know, gave him the old stomp to the boys and just, you know, kind of kind of speed bagged him a little bit and just did not play nice just to also get to the final. So we'll find out between Okada and Evil who's going to face Naito on the 12th. And ju- just to surmise things, I hope it's Evil. E- Evil has taken a nice turn where he gives no fucks. He's trying to take himself to the next level via any means necessary. And... What better way than to have him beat Okada because he's just taking every shortcut under the under the sun and then goes a little too far with Naito, the leader of LIJ, and then maybe maybe rubs Naito the wrong way, and then maybe it starts his exodus from LIJ, maybe he branches out, maybe he starts his own thing. I don't know, it could be a big story for, for evil. Now, before I go on, do you guys follow it at all? Do you do you have any uh, context to what I've been talking about aside from the words that came out of my mouth? I have no idea who that is. <laughs> really, hey, you got you got the lucha mask behind you, but like Japan, you don't follow. I no. I uh, I know Okada. The... <laughs> that's a, that's a household name. 
Uh, you, you see the little twinkle in his eye, though, as he's discussing all this stuff? You see it? You can see it, can't you? He even perked up a little right. bit. You know what I mean? He stopped slumping his shoulders over. <laughs> God forbid it's actually interesting, and it's not talking about plucking someone's eye out. Ooh. <laughs> so... Real quick though, I do have a question. They're doing sure. these shows. These are these are empty arena shows, right? Up to the eleventh. The eleventh is going to be the first one with people back. That's the same night as Fight Island, isn't it? I believe so. Yes. Oh man, the eleventh is a Saturday, and most of Fight Island is a. They're usually Saturdays. Yeah, they gotta. No, this is the inaugural Fight Island coming up this Saturday. They've yeah. been fighting, but not on the island. Now they're going to fight but, island. But you also have to realize yeah. that it's Japan time, so it might be the 11th, but it's like uh, 3 o'clock yeah, on the yeah, East yeah. Coast. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't really think yeah. Dana White's going to be like, yo, we need to have a fight at the correct dawn. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome, though. Could you imagine if it was all day, just one fight every hour, like crack at dawn, boom, somebody has to just come out throwing fists? Dan, you seem to like that idea. That'd be awesome. I'd love that. That is brilliant. That'd be some like Mortal Kombat shit right, right there. That'd be great. Someone you coming out, coming out in their morning there. coffee, like walking through the road. Oh, <laughs> God damn it! Oh, super mornings. You can't even get a shower in. Oh. All right, let's go. Somebody comes out in a robe, and you're just like, "Oh, is it a boxing robe?" He's like, "No, it's my grandma's. I was sleepy. Hold on a shit." It's the same as I feel for those 8 a.m. meetings. It's like, why the fuck, man? Like, I'm not even at work yet. Yeah. <laughs> like, let me turn on my computer quick. Hold on. Oh, yeah. That's funny. Do y'all do the Zoom meetings or Skype? We do. Well, no, we just we don't do uh, face-to-faces, really. It's just over the phone, teleconferences. So we do uh, okay. one with our small team. We'll do one on FaceTime. Just so we can see each other like once a week, but otherwise it's uh, no faces. <laughs> so oh, that's how are... you're, you're lucky. <laughs> so when they come back though on the eleventh, man, uh, is it going to be full capacity, half capacity, every other seat? Do you do you have any ideas on how they're going to manage that? I'm not a hundred percent versed on how they're managing it. Granted, it's probably not going to be full capacity. I'm pretty sure we can assume that. And we do know that most of the Eastern countries have kind of taken a few more precautions than we have over here. A so few? I'm being, I don't know, facetious isn't the right word. Nice isn't the right word. I, I'm, I just don't feel like, you know, burying America too much because everybody else has been doing that, including the president. So let, let's just not pile on. It's like low-hanging fruit. I don't like to kick things when they're down, especially America. We just had the Great American Bash. We We have Living in America as our theme song. We buried ourselves. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, what do you want me to do? We buried ourselves, though. Did you lose a war? That's not America. That's not even Mexico. I mean, we had to dip back in the Wayback Machine to get some fond memories and some smiles, man. We started off with living in America. We got the Great American Bash back. Like, we had to go 30 years in the rears, man. And, and, you know, but, but I'm just asking because I'm just interested to see how they do this. Because, like you said, as soon as this hit over there, the eastern countries, especially in Asia, they did shit. I mean, number one, the, the, the citizens, they adhered to the curfew, or not the curfew, but the stay-at-home quarantine thing. And then, you know, I saw videos where they had drones fr- flying around the city, spraying mm-hmm. disinfectant and shit like that. Like, they tried to do things. 
and they still had two or three spikes, and they did stuff. So what in the bloody hell is going to happen over here? We just stayed home, but nobody did nothing. I couldn't even find a motherfucker wiping down a bench with Lysol. Nothing. We did nothing. <laughs> we didn't do anything. Yeah, I, I can't. Well, yeah. Okay. Oh, wait, hold on. Okay, so they're doing staggered entry. Yeah, there's set entrances and time zones for each seating area. So mm-hmm. you'd have to check your seating position and written on your ticket before visiting the venue. Um, well, but, I'm pretty uh, sure they'll they'll all wear masks as well. I mean, hell, they wear masks over here before COVID was even a thing. So I'm pretty sure they'll adhere to the mask laws as well if they have any. You know, once they start letting people in the arenas. Yeah, I don't I don't see anything written on the New Japan site about it being a percentage. But it does say that they're staggering every entrance and you know certain sections of everything to come in for the show. So that's smart. So I'm, I'm assuming if they're staggering, they're not going to have full capacity either because that's just ridiculous. Because I was also reading that uh, when Pro Wrestling Noah comes back, which I think is the 18th is their first show with people, they're going to do a slow progression where they're going to do like 25%, then the next show could be 50%, and then 75 you know, kind of like that. So I'm assuming that New Japan's probably doing something similar. And, <clears throat> excuse me, I also agree with your assessment that Evil is going to beat Okada because I don't think you blow Okada Naito for in the half Dempy arena because you could sell tickets for that. Like, that, that's, a big, that's a big money match right there. That will draw. So I, I don't think you spoil your draw until you can get some more people in the venue. But, I mean, other than the occasional, oh, and the clap at the end of the match... You know, they're the the crowds over there are just they're just not as rambunctious slash obnoxious as the American crowds are. So have has it been a noticeable difference watching it, these empty arena matches? To me, it's been noticeable with the structure of a match. Because there's been some matches in both New Japan, All Japan, and Noah where the guys are technically proficient wrestlers and they start with the like mat wrestling heel hooks or like a a quick exchange and stop and circle. And at that point, you know, if somebody, if two people shoot for a move and there's a little bit of an exchange and they both pop up, there's, there's always a clap. There's an applause. There's a pause for a reaction. So when you hear Cornette and all the older guys talk about these guys don't put enough breath in between their moves and they just go move, move, move. And nobody's there to absorb it or react to it. When you go the other way, when there's no one there to react to it or absorb it, and you put that space in the match, then you're kind of just sitting there going, do do something, go, do do it. <laughs> like it just it gets it starts to drag, and it just becomes very visible that you're like, oh, you need people, even if all they're doing is stomping their feet on the floor to make a little bit of noise, or just you get the one girl in the back that screams Okada. Or you get a polite clap every fucking ten seconds or whatever. You you need that because the acknowledgement is what kind of fills that void, and you just go, ah, okay, they're slowing down so the crowd can acknowledge, and now this is gonna happen instead of, what? Why are they slowing down? It's it's the referee, the camera guy, and like other people from their stable who are just cheering them on because there's like ten people in the building. Can we not do this and just speed it the fuck up? <laughs> Yeah, that, that's been one of my issues with WWE. Everybody is so programmed and trained to do their normal entrance, and it just looks goofy because all the entrances, most of them are playing to the crowd. 
Well, there's no crowd to play to. You just look like an idiot. It is. It's true because when Tanahashi gets on like the top rope to take his jacket off and do the pose, you're like, "Who the fuck are you posing for?" And then Suzuki Goon comes up and beats the shit out of him, and you're just like, "Why? Why did you even do that? You know they do this. Why are you on that rope? Yeah, fucking moron." <laughs> so, so real quick, man, before we get to topic five, just a quick example of what I'm talking about—that we've done nothing outside my window. In my living room, there's a playground, and it's really cool, man. Like the the joy of children laughing does something very positive for your spirit. So for the last, I would say two and a half months, the playground has just been police taped off. They just wrapped police tape around the whole playground. Nobody's come out there. Nobody's wiped it down. Nobody. I thought, I thought Dan was just going for alcohol when you started the story because the look on his face <laughs> and he reaches for a bottle and I'm like, oh, it's just like sparkling water or something like that. I'm like, okay, okay. Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> Fine. We'll just get to topic five then. Well, you started it off like one of those old claymation Christmas stories, and you're just like, ah, the sound of laughing children in the the park outside, and they've got a swing set and a jungle gym, and a who's it, and a what's it, and then the cat in the hat shows up, and Dr. Seuss, and then you're like, oh boy, where the hell are we going with this? Hey man, don't be mad at me, because I still have a piece of a soul. (laughs) I said a piece, but still. (laughs) Well, yeah, you, you, you come from religion, so that's the only thing saying oh. in your ass. <laughs> Can someone please think of the children and miss the laughter? Wow, you two out here looking like Apostle Paul, but you go talk shit? Okay. <laughs> I bet you he wearing sandals. Ten to one, he wearing sandals. That sucks. He just took his sandals off. They under the table. <laughs> oh, then that means he wears socks with sandals, which is even fucking worse. Oh, no. <laughs> Not in the Midwest. I'm actually living in Florida right now. Like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And apparently you're pushing like, 52 then. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah. This past few months, it feels like it. <laughs> yeah. It you know, that, that is a good point. Like, quarantine has really fucked up my whole time frame of everything. I'm just like, oh, when was that thing? It was in Ju- It was like in January. I feel like it was two years ago. When the, what the fuck? Can't remember the last time I left the house for entertainment. Ugh. Well, does Strip clubs are closed? Going to the liquor store don't count? Um, no, I don't think that counts. That just increases the depression, I think. I mean, there's liquor at the strip club, so it depends on how long you stay, really. Strip club. Well, there's, you know, luckily, virtual reality can take care of that. True, but could you, ima- could you imagine the stripper with, like, a Lysol wipe as she does her routine <laughs> so you know it's sanitary? <laughs> Hold on one second. <laughs> y'all, y'all or just y'all, take long y'all... strokes as she's going up and down. Y'all, y'all... Y'all mean y'all go to clubs where the girl don't wipe down the pole before she does her gimmick? Seriously? <laughs> what? Where do you go? Yeah, where do you go that actually it's... wipes things down? What classy establishment do you go yeah. to? It's not a classy. Maybe it's just a black thing, man. We just like to wash our hands and shit, you know? So you go to predominantly black strip clubs? Is that like an HBCU? This is like an HBS. Shut up, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
the historic yeah. black strip club in Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> y'all, y'all serious though? Y'all, y'all I mean, obviously, not every strip club I've ever been to, the ladies wipe down the poles. But y'all never been to the strip club when the girl will come out and wipe down the pole, maybe even spray it and wipe it down before she does her routine. Seriously, that like this is a foreign concept to y'all. I'm like talking algebra to third graders right now. Is that what you're telling me? Two plus sound... two is fish. <laughs> Doesn't sound scientific to me. We're done here. We're, <laughs> We're done here. Well, that could be a title of a show right there, too. I like that. <laughs> We're done here, man. Topic five. Topic. So, gentlemen, PWI, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, uh, they've been around, it seems like, forever. Every year they do their top 500 wrestlers where they rank every wrestler from 500 all the way down to one. And this year they've announced that they're not going to have separate polls for the men and the women under the guise of being all-inclusive and social justice and all that other bullshit. <laughs> I mean, it's just I, I don't necessarily agree with the idea, if you can't tell. Let me see if I can find the actual announcement. But while I'm doing that, this is why I don't agree with the idea. Because it's transparent what you're doing. Because you've painted yourself into a corner, okay? So if you're going to include the men and the women just by sheer idea of doing that, that means a woman's going to be number one. And not saying that a woman can't be the number one wrestler in the world. I'm not saying that. But if you don't have a woman number one, well, then you're going to catch some backlash from that. You're going to get some heat. But then if you do go ahead and have a number woman number one, which you kind of have to have a number woman number one if you're going to do this, well, now your credibility is in question. Because did you have her number one because you think that she should be number one and she's the best wrestler in the world? Or is it furthering your agenda and you're trying to be appear that you're on the right side of history? I mean, you're clearly pandering. These girls still aren't going to fuck you guys. It's okay, okay? They're, you don't have to pander the women. Women are smart enough and capable enough. You don't have to pander. And it's actually going to backfire because you're going to leave a lot of women off the list because you literally just cut your list in fucking half. Yeah, it's it's lose-lose. Either way, really. It's a lose-lose situation. But, you know, what? which way do you go? What do you, which Which losing situation do you want, really? I, I don't mind that they're putting them together. I'm I'm quite surprised it took them this long to even do it. I mean, and like you said, there's not a reason that uh, a woman couldn't be the number one, you know, in the world. And, you know, especially the last few years, you could have argued Becky or, you know, Ronda Rousey when she had her run could have been put up there somewhere near the top. So, and Charlotte Flair is always really good. So you, you can argue a number one, but then you're going to get backlash Either way, I think, you know, whether it's whether you put a woman number one or, or a male number one, it doesn't matter. You're going to you're going to get you're going to get hatred from some side no matter what you do. So you either should have just stuck with what you were doing and kept it kept the status quo or just go all in, I guess. But either way, you're losing. Yeah, really, that's it's just a losing situation. See, that's why I like it when we did our chair shot top 50 for the last two years. 
we made it all inclusive from the beginning. So as far as I'm concerned, Meltzer's just fucking cheating and he's copying off of us. Fuck him. Bullshit well, ass bro, motherfucker. This is this isn't the observer, sir. This is pro wrestling illustrated. Well, he's These part of PWI. Like he, he he's part okay. of the, the people that, you know, make the, the decisions and he's part of that okay. whatever. That yeah, that that, uh, that governing baller, body of fucking smarts. Yeah. yeah. That <laughs> ball or uh what else? Uh the the mob or What's the word I'm looking for? Cartel. He's part of that cartel. That's that, what the that, word I'm looking for. That skull and bones underground organization. <laughs> but this, this, this one's curled turn turnbuckles and ropes instead of skull and bones. That's what it is. <laughs> but yo, man, I, I do have to give the women props though, man, because they've been killing it not just this year but the past couple of years. And frankly, this year in particular, I find the, the women's storylines to be way more compelling than the men. The men. I don't know what that says about the men. Maybe they need to step their games up, but. Because, I mean, we, we all make the same excuses for the guys. You know, the guys that say, well, you know, you got these people writing for them that don't know their characters and yada, yada, yada. Well, how the hell you think that is for a woman? How many women you think they got back in the writer's room trying to book these these things and, and putting these uh, storylines and these uh, these um, programs and together? Uh, I was talking about promos, but I said programs, whatever. How many women do you think they have their, they have back there doing that? And the women have been killing it. And I just find the women's wrestling to be way more compelling and entertaining than anything that the men are doing, with the exception of the Drew McIntyre title run. I'm really enjoying that. And the whole Bobby Lashley MVP thing where they're just beating up on all the black guys, then try to bring them into the fold. Other than that, yeah, the women's stuff is really what's getting me excited right about now about wrestling. That's honestly the only reason I could see why they did this is because it's also kind of acquiescing to the fact that between Sasha, Bailey, Asuka, Charlotte, Becky, Io, Rhea, bigger names of the last six months, a year, like, you you weren't able to say that a decade ago. Like, as much as we love Trish and Lita and all them, they, they weren't anywhere near the top. Anybody that was re- regarded as a top female wrestler in, like, the late 90s or early 2000s was usually Japanese, because most of us that watch WCW remember Akira Hokuto, Bull Nakano, you know, Minami Toyota was, you know, she's got like 22 or 23 five-star, you know, Meltzer matches or whatever, which is the most for women. And like in the top five, only behind like Kobashi and Misawa and some of the bigger names. So they can't really validate doing it 10, 20 years ago because nobody would have known who the fuck they were talking about. You're not going to put down tokyo 3k as the top you know draw in 1997 when nobody watches that because it was just tape trading and there wasn't as much you know availability plus he's a man you know what and he doesn't exist he's not real it's like moose and the tna title it's not real we can use it for whatever we need to use it for right now thank you <laughs> I, I, I wish i wish dad had the, it's still real to me damn it clip on on, on speed dial <laughs> Still, though, you you get what I'm saying. So it wasn't up until maybe last three, four years that even the women were in the in the mix verbally with the the Smarks and even some of the casual fans. We go, oh, look at that. Oh, look at that triple threat match for the women's title, you know, at WrestleMania when, you know, it went back to being women's instead of divas. And when people really started paying attention to, oh, they're more than just eye candy. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> like let, 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 let's care about this so and i could i could cool see because... why they're going to it fair enough 
I just think it's pandering, and I don't like blatant pandering. I, oh, it is. In, 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 it is, in, in, but I could see I the validation if they wanted to try to cover themselves up that they're not just Sims drinking bathwater, that kind of thing. Yeah, they're still not going to sleep with you guys, fellas. Okay, that's just not going to happen. But nice try. <laughs> Women can spot bullshit a mile away. If they want to sleep with you, they'll put up with enough of your bullshit until they say enough of the bullshit. But they'll put up with it. You don't have to openly pander that's not gonna work okay you watched way too many john hughes movies okay it doesn't work like that in real life gentlemen that's what this is this is the era this is the pandering era this is what we're in when it comes to not only this but you know everything all the movements all the things that are going on in the world and that's what it seems to be you know no is you know things need to be made different but everybody's trying to just pander to show, like, hey, we're doing something. Look at what we're doing. Look over here. Look at us. We're good. We're yeah. good Look, right? we we're changed cool, our right? Facebook border. You know? Yeah. It's, my, you know? I, I, I support you because my yeah. Facebook yeah. picture says I do. Yeah. What are you actually doing? Right. Facebook? Exactly. <laughs> I tweeted yeah, about it, it twice. Come on. <laughs> we took on with I put an off angry react at Trump. Trump's tweet. Come on. I yeah. angry back. What else do you need? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yes. That's what we're living in, man. That's the problem. That's that's the problem. See, you want to come back on here for controversy, and that was what, probably your most controversial take of your entire tenure of filling in right there, Dan. So are we just a bad influence, or... Is there a little more of the scientist coming out now that you've elevated and evolved from the architect? Does the scientist put up with less shit? I'm just pandering to you guys. You motherfucker! That that <laughs> brought it around well. <laughs> Fuck you, but brought it around well. <laughs> that was well played. That was well played. That was well played. Uh, that was good shit. Had to do it. <laughs> so, yeah, any other thoughts on the PWI trying to be all... uh? I don't even know what to call it. Uh, All right, good to them, man. I never really paid much attention to that list anyway. I would run across it every now and again, you know, like the top five on Twitter. I cared a lot more when I was a kid when you could go to the grocery store and get the wrestling magazines, you know, that all had Abdullah but- uh, the Butcher with a bloody forehead and a fork <laughs> sticking out his mouth on the cover. You know what I mean? <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> That's really the last I, I, time I, this was relevant was when it was exactly. in a magazine, you know, and you, you'd go, oh, ooh, here's the top 100 or whatever. And you could, yeah. you know, yeah. And then you guys could see, you could, we could sit around and, you know, argue over why they put this guy in front at number one. And yeah. That was the time. Now it's like, they make up a list or for anything. Or you, you also think if you bought that magazine and you took it to school or whatever, you'd get a week's worth of entertainment out of that because you might not always see certain friends at lunch or at a certain study hall or in a certain class because maybe somebody might want to borrow the magazine. So then you can talk about it for a while, whereas nowadays everybody looks at it within like five hours and then all the conversations have been done and then it gets nasty and then it's over. So a week's worth of fun for kids turns into a week where, and uh, not even a week. I don't know a day worth of bitching from adults that still think they're kids. I don't. I don't even know. Like what? Would At you least... just describe men, adults that you know, <laughs> or actually we're kids that think we're adults. That's what men are. Yeah. See I, that? I, I, I agree with you there that yeah. we're kids that think we're adults, but this is the yeah. other way around. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> You at least get so an hour's worth of entertainment. One? You get an hour's worth of entertainment with it. We call it a podcast. Touche. Touche. <laughs> That's fair enough. Just kids whining about their whatever. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey. Yeah, insert whatever uh, hobby that you obsess over. 
and you have a podcast about it and get to bitch and moan about it and you just pray somebody listens. True. <laughs> so who's going to be number one? If It's either going to be Becky, Charlotte, or perhaps are they going to go with some obscure uh, Japanese wrestler that none of us have ever heard of except for Andrew? Well, you know what they might do? Which Hannah, would be their... Hannah? Yes. Hannah? Yeah. You knew right where I was going with it. That, I, I could did. see them doing that. It, as soon as you said well, I knew exactly what you were about to say. And that that would be their good faith and also an excuse why they had to bring women into it because they do kind of a memorial kind of thing. Because she did have a, a good year for the year that they do from like whatever it is, June to July or some, some something like that. She you know, she won a tournament. She she was pretty successful when it came to the in ring stuff. So that that could be what they go for. It's so cheap, don't get me wrong. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. so now yeah. you're using the death of an extremely young lady uh, by suicide, nonetheless, as Pander father. So blow me, PWI. That's my official stance on this oh, whole no. thing. Oh, if, no, if they do that, that's completely <laughs> fucked. Don't get me wrong, yeah. But, I mean, ROH is also doing that because they're, they're showing, like, Hannah's clips from, like, ROH shows, I think, next week or sometime relatively soon. And, like, that that feels like, just jumping on the train and trying to get a little bit of visibility out of it because she didn't do a ton there and it, that happened two months ago roughly so why now do you pretend to care what are you getting out of it you know I mean but to be fair it's not like they're running new shows and they might be running out of content fair I mean or they, they could just show old shows if they still have access to that library depending on how the Sinclair thing because you know most people love 2004 to like 2009 ROH maybe yeah. they should show some of that shit that people actually considered good wrestling just saying that's a hey day more they first they have to um establish a, contis- a consistent time slot like they just come on weekdays oh you don't like syndication you don't like noon on one day, 11 p.m. the next day, 3 a.m. the next day, and then 4.45 on a Tuesday? And unless it's an air fryer or a floor steamer that I'm going to buy, no. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, Mr. Belaz, why don't you let the good folks know where they can find you, sir? You could find me on the Twitter at IWC War Chief, and also doing articles, a lot of the New Japan coverage. I'll have stuff up for the New Japan Cup Finals and Dominion, which, since Dominion is Sunday morning, I will probably do that live. So, yeah, that's fun. So I'm, I'm not. I'm gonna have a weird weekend, but it, it's fun. I'll, I'll probably enjoy it. It's all good shit. The card so far looks pretty good for Dominion, for the finals looks decent enough for a a building to dominion kind of card so look for those the the cup and dominion and then of course the usual kind of stuff i do but top five and impact because <laughs> impact this week <laughs> i'm not gonna go there though chris do you want to plug your stuff <laughs> i'm a well number one with impact the worst thing that happened to impact in terms of my viewership is fs1 started playing old wwe pay-per-views and good ones at that this past Tuesday, they played the 2017 Royal Rumble. That's the one with Goldberg and Brock and Taker and all of them. Like, it's very star-studded. That great John Cena, AJ Styles match. Like, it was a really good card. So that's the worst thing that happened because it's like, okay, what am I going to do? It's 8 o'clock. Am I going to watch an empty arena impact or am I going to watch John Cena and AJ Styles? It's a no-brainer. I'm actually going to let our... 
Yeah, I'm, but I'm going to let our guests go first here, man. Dan, it was an honor, privilege, and pleasure. You know I love you, man. Anytime we get to link up, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you for coming in. You held it down like an anvil on a seesaw, and that's a good thing in case you couldn't read the context clue. Seriously, thank you. And let everybody know, because you got a lot going on right now, so let everybody know where they can find you and everything you have going on, sir. Oh, I appreciate that. I love you guys, too, and I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to fill in when I can here, and yeah, we're getting uh, we're getting pretty busy over here. We got DWI podcast still going strong every week. You can follow that at Twitter uh, at uh, podcast DWI or on Facebook at facebook.com slash DWI podcast. And we've got our brand new gaming centric podcast called A Winner Is You. We record that on Thursdays, drop it on Fridays every week for you guys. We're we're up to episode three, and episode four will be recorded. That will be all about virtual reality so it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a pretty fun episode and you're gonna talk about the virtual boy in 2020 yeah place red screen and everything yeah oh, that's awesome that's awesome now yeah. if it was only youtube and it was a vr experience Ooh. so you get to bleed your eyes out with yeah. everybody <laughs> <laughs> that's one of, one of the few consoles i don't own that's gotta be i gotta put that one on the list wow okay yeah <laughs> uh, but you can follow that one uh, at a winner is you. That's the letter U. A winner is you, both on Twitter and on Facebook for all the new episodes for that as well. And uh, you know, that's what I've been doing. Thank you, thank you. As always, you guys and gals can find me on Twitter at the Real C Platt, and I'm all over the chair shop, man. We're gonna be recording Bandwagon Nerds this weekend, preferably this Deshaun. Jackson situation rolls over because so I don't have to talk about that. Please, God, <laughs> please, if there's a God, help help a brother out on that one. Uh, you can also find me on uh, Around the Blocks with Mike Knox. Uh, we're on YouTube as well as on the Chair Shot, and of course here at Pod is War. But more importantly, make sure you go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the Chair Shot. I'm gonna holler at the Commander in Chief. We're gonna get some Plat Blast 2020 shirts popping up there. All right, but in the meantime, in between time, go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the Chair Shot. If you appreciate the content we provide day in and day out here at the chair shot make sure we can keep providing it show us some love because we depend on listeners like you again pro wrestling tees forward.com forward slash the chair shot let me say it again so it's clean and you understand what i mean pro wrestling tees.com forward slash the chair shot remember the chair shot.com we're not just a website we're also a movement and as you can see with dpp's participation man we're actually branching out from the world of wrestling getting more into pop culture stuff we're all nerds at the site, man. We all love nerd shit, so now we, why should we limit our nerddom to just professional wrestling, right? We're talking about video games. If you haven't listened to Bandwagon Nerds yet, it's an awesome show. I come on there every now and again. I'm a, a friend. I don't know what it would be, a friend of the program or a inconsistent contributor. What would you call me, Dan? <laughs> always, a friend, always a friend of the program, brother. All right. Cool. <laughs> cool. Hey, man, Dan, thanks for filling in, man. We really appreciate it. I love you. For Mr. Andrew Snowflake Blast, my VP. For my former campaign manager, PC Tunney, I'm Mr. Velvet Pipes, Christopher Platt. <laughs> a vote for Platt is a vote for America. I love you. God bless each and every one of you. But most importantly, God bless the United States of America. I'll see you back here next week, folks. Dun <laughs>
Hail to the chief, he's the chief, and he needs hailing. Chief, hail. and he needs hailing. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I love that one, too. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.